caravan to Aruba It's not the road that you would choose A bar stool intellectual Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. The ones, the twos, the wheels, the steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last white dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan. Hey there. And a very special guest with us, returning champion in studio with us, comedian Kyle Buck. Returning champion. I'll take that title anywhere. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. The king is here. Hey, he's back. It's I'm a been, bad man. It's been uh, it's been a while since we had you on. It's yeah, a, it's. Uh, I think it was pre Pandy. Uh, I'm pretty sure pre Pandy. No, was it wasn't pre. Wasn't pre. Okay. No. We were. We time were, is all like. We were into the Pandy. Were we? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I only started. I only started the podcast a few months before. Okay. Before I started in like late. 2019. Oh, that's right. I remember that because it was it was uh, there was a lot of uh, wild um, uh, like Q shit happening and like uh, um, like conspiracy theories were becoming extremely like mainstream and it was it was it was because I remember uh, uh, one of the things that um, I think uh, Chris wanted to talk about was the. Uh, Cell phone towers. Uh, the, yes, the 5G. exactly. Yeah. It was the five G yeah. sort of thing because a lot of that because he was doing those that shenanigans show. were getting popular. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's spreading it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's fun time, man. Uh, just so the audience knows that you are someone who treads in the in the world of conspiracy. You deal in the world of conspiracies. I, I, I dealing is an interesting <laughs> word because like I try not to like uh, uh, try to form any. I enjoy l- talking about them and I love learning about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's one of those things where like uh, you know I try not to hold belief too firmly. So like I try to keep a fluid approach to all things, and it just seems to be that like. Those are just the more interesting things to think about and talk about. So like, yeah. that's kind of what I, well, I've zoned in on. Yeah, and conspiracy dealing, like there's a lot of bad theories that are out there. If you're going to be a dealer, yeah. you want to deal the truth. You want to cut <laughs> yeah. it with the pure stuff. Yeah. But right now, <laughs> in, in the yeah. internet world, there's a lot of fentanyl. Fentanyl is being Absolutely. the lies in the conspiracy. That 5G fentanyl out there. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, right. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to keep an eye out. But you have a you have a a, pi, a conspiracy podcast or a, a a podcast upon which you do discuss conspiracy. Sure, absolutely, man. And we 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 can uh, we we talk about a lot of shit. But yeah, we enjoy talking about stuff off of the beaten path, which does lead us down a lot a lot of like esoteric and sort of like you know civilization theory and like a, a astrology, um, and that sort of ties into you know um, we certainly love talking about our like Illuminati theories and stuff like that and like you know there's a lot of that stuff that's like almost so mainstream now that like i'm surprised there aren't like um illuminati themed restaurants or something you know what i mean like like like, like where they do like a like a blood sacrifice sure absolutely (laughs) your appetizer yeah can come Mm. with like a side of (laughs) fucking adrenochrome i think think they did have one it was called planet hollywood (laughs) yeah exactly it was called planet hollywood and then there wasn't there like a president's uh, restaurant somewhere in DC. I don't know, but um, but yeah, no, like like a lot of that stuff is is um, is becoming so mainstream and so commercialized that a lot of it now is just like is just like um, uh, satire, which you know can be um, something that is great for marketing because that stuff can be very sort of like hot button issue and like it can either make someone real mad or make someone real. 
you know, gung ho about it. But at the end of the day, um, it's just nonetheless, you know, interesting to talk about and, and expand the, the thought process. Right. And they're not meant to make people mad. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's actually an exercise to me. Learning about new <sighs> theories and new ideas mm-hmm. is an exercise in, you know, uh, uh, you know, that sort of control mechanism of like, I don't like this idea and none of this stuff really makes sense. So like I get that and I'm going to step away from it. But then when you do land on something that does hold a little bit of water, you need to be able to be like, okay, well, you know, um, what of this, you know, who are the agendas of the people I'm learning from? Like so on and so forth. And, you know, it just seems that certain themes pop up time to time. So. Uh, yeah, well, I, also, I feel like a lot of this stuff has kind of been proven true in recent years or crazy things like uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, oh, which yeah, 10 years ago, five years ago, that's crazy. That's like, you know, the, yeah. the whole idea seems like somebody was writing a movie or something. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah, there's a, a, a pedophile that's uh, hanging out with all these rich and powerful people yeah. and taking them to an island. Yeah, I've, no, I've seen that movie. Uh, every, <laughs> that every, uh, and I love some of the excuse. Like now, I can imagine that if you're a rich and powerful person, you're probably kind of around. Like because I know there was one thing going around where like Epstein. There's all these pictures of famous people with Epstein, and they're like, "Look, yeah, look." But I'm like, "Well, one, these are out of context." Sure, I don't know. I, I wouldn't going to assume that every single picture was taken on. You know. Uh, little St. Charles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, he was also around rich and famous people at their events and stuff, you know? Yeah. So there could be, a, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be paired with everyone that I ever took a photo with, you know? I that, that That's a really an interesting point because I was thinking to myself, um, because I was one of those initial people who went down that, like, or, original, like, Epstein rabbit hole because that, that was one of those things when that arrest was made mm-hmm. and, like, he was apprehended. That was something that, like, because it was hap- – there was a lot of conversation regarding it in the conspiracy community. Uh-huh. When that happened, we're like, oh, my God, there's now some sort of real-world correlation with some shit that we've been talking about. So now all of these assumptions uh, are getting made based on photographs, like you're saying. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself – if someone that I took a picture with did something heinous, yeah, the fact that I'm in a picture with them somewhere doesn't really prove it. Doesn't yeah. prove that I'm in relation with what they're doing. Now, if you look at like White House log records yeah. and how they received how the Clinton White House received donations from the Epsteins in those years, that might tend to lead to a different conversation. Um, but Sometimes also you just the dealings wanna... that Trump had as well. So I don't. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that like you know both of them were named equally in the Glenn Maxwell trial, but neither one of them made. F- top headline news if you would have told me two years ago that trump getting named in this uh uh trial was going to happen under during his presidency yeah that would have blown up so much of what was happening but somehow um it now that it's in a different presidency it just didn't gain the same traction and i'm like wait a minute yeah what's different and it's yeah it's, it just raises a lot of questions and that's all ultimately, of that stuff seemed to kind of get it was like the whole thing was like, is this going to go to trial? It was a huge thing. And then the yeah. trial happened and it just seemed like, okay, yeah. well, we're all done with that. It was like, over stupid quick. Yeah. yeah. With a very, not, not a lot of questions, not, not a lot yeah, of answers. Very poor prosecution. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no, that there's a lot of, you know, that's a whole different rabbit hole in and of itself. But like, you know, it, it just blew my mind that, you know, when there would have been so many news outlets, just less than, 24 months ago that if they would have even caught an inkling yeah that Trump would have been named in a case like this 
they would have jumped all off, over it off and, the brought races. It to, and brought sure. it to the first right. yeah. you know source they had. But for some reason, in this world, like this realm or or whatever, like mm-hmm. sort of uh, political environment we have now, it didn't happen that way. Yeah. And it's like, well, by the same if that was the same true, token, Bill Clinton was named too, and like you would think that that would be, yeah, he was named even more, yeah, actually. You know, old Billy, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you still heard more news about Trump. I, I mean, you still heard more news about Clinton, yeah, than you did hear about Trump getting right. named, which was mind-boggling to me, yeah, unless. There was some sort of ulterior motive to the you know news establishments to treating you know you know that the way they did for four years you know whatever positive or negative which is you sad. know what I mean which is sad because you said it's like you got to figure out where it's coming from yeah like, do we trust these sources it's like it was like a different season of TV writers like yeah. hey this this <laughs> this, this TV yeah. uh, season ended. We're we're not interested anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to hire new writers for this uh, this okay. next. We're not doing three apocalypse. seasons of COVID. Okay, right. we did two. It was great. <laughs> it got canceled. Yeah. We yeah. killed for sweeps. Uh, guys, yeah. guys, listen to this. How about this? World War Three. Yeah. What do you say? How, how's that? How's that? Like, are we ready for a World War Three? We haven't. <laughs> we haven't had a World War in a hot minute. Yeah. All right. Before we go. All the way down the the rabbit hole, which I'm sure we will. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I want to talk about this brunch real quick. So uh, we had a we always have a theme, and we like to let the guest uh, guess the theme of the day, and then we can uh, we we can talk about the we can talk about the food first, or we can talk about the food after. Which do you want to take a swing at what the theme of the day was? So I want to say our theme was like. Italian based because there was the Caesar salad, the um, there was uh, I believe a Caesar salad. Um, there was the <laughs> I, I mean spoken like a real conspiracy expert. Exactly. I'm not <laughs> going to say it was a Caesar, <laughs> but it seemed like um, it had properties of a Caesar. Allegedly, I cannot allegedly. confirm nor deny. You'll have to get the documents. No, um, there the, yeah. Uh, so I. I am pretty sure I want to say I want to say Italian because there was the pasta and the slider and there was also the pizza um, and and I'm pretty sure that there was like a uh, I, I don't, and there was like a good uh, delicious kind of garlicky hint to the nice. um, to the uh, pasta that was very very good and the shredded parmesan is always fantastic and the bacon in there top notch. Um, but yeah, I feel like Italian. So I'll go. Well, let, me, let me give you a hint. And it has something to do with the date this week, not St. Patrick's Day and not Pi Day. The date this week, what three eleven day? <laughs> no, or three eleven. That was last week. Oh, oh that's last week. The date this uh, week. This coming up week. The mi- uh, the, it has to do with the middle of March. Oh, oh, uh, uh, you said it wasn't St. Patrick's Day, and it's not Pi Day. George Clooney. Uh, the <laughs> George Clooney's birthday. You got it. The Ides of March? The Ides of March. The Ides of March. Yeah. Yes. Why don't you give me a... Hey. (laughs) Nice. There we go. (laughs) My girlfriend's going to be so proud of me for getting that right. Because I think she mentioned it last week. Like, oh, the Ides of March is coming up. I think someone else's birthday. Oh, a friend of mine's birthday is uh, on the fifteenth. So yeah, nice. Uh, that was my that was my first time making a table side Caesar. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I got a little nervous with the anchovies. I was like, is this gonna be just like a fish salad? <laughs> is this gonna turn into a Caesar? It was came, good, man. 
It came together. No, it came together very good. I think they use uh, anchovy paste a lot of times. I've seen on the table side preparations. No. Yeah. And but if you, you made the paste. Yeah, and if you want to see it, it is on our TikTok at Harder Brunch. Yes. Yeah, go follow us on TikTok. Uh, we haven't been doing a good job uh, historically, but we're going to start today. Today, we're starting yeah. a new leaf. We're going to be ticking and talking. Ticking, talking, and whole... I don't know where I was going to go with that. I had something in my head, but I was like, I don't know if it's going to land, so I stopped. Now so, it's even weirder. Well, so. we had the we had the tableside Caesar... We had the, so like the pizza that like when I was looking up like the Roman, uh, like the pizza that they have in Rome too, is a, it's a lot of like uh, salumi, a lot of like, mm-hmm. like, like uh, uh, cured meats and stuff yeah. like that. Prosciutto. Uh, and then uh, the ancient, this was like an ancient Roman sandwich, which was the, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it's basically like a, a simmered beef sandwich. Mm-hmm. So uh, I basically took two chuck steaks and just had them like uh, cook in the slow cooker overnight with just like carrots and you know beef oh, beef stock. So like I put that in last night and it was just like, I mean you saw how tender it was. It came oh, yeah. out and just like made its own jus. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, and just had that on a bun with a little bit of uh, the sautéed spinach or whatever. Yeah, you handed me the the sauce in the in the little bowl, and you're like, "Here, put this on your <laughs> sandwich." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And I'm like, "Oh, it was so good." Like I I like I wish there was a TikTok of me reacting to that sandwich because it would be, probably get banned for <laughs> the pornographic amount of content. And mm. then and then uh, Zach there was a mess. Zach, Sauce Boss Zach uh, made these amazing artichokes. What, tell us about the artichokes. Yeah. So they were done in like the Roman style. And so basically uh, I, I prepped them and everything and cooked them in a little bit of stock and uh, olive oil and salt. There mm. was uh, uh, mint and parsley and garlic is the stuffing inside okay. of them. Which mm. I thought that was kind of interesting. I didn't catch the mint. I didn't, yeah, get a lot I of didn't the mint taste either. the mint either. I put a lot yeah. of it in there. But yeah, no, it didn't like make it minty in any Interesting. way. And then uh, the classic uh, dessert of gelato. Yeah. Which I'm glad you like the chocolate mint because I definitely meant to grab pistachio. They're both green. Mint chocolate chip <laughs> is my favorite flavor of anything dessert. Nice. So like, yeah, that was uh, that, uh, icing on the cake. gelato on the cake. How about that? Hey. hey. And the one thing I did like about this dessert too, a lot of times too is like, we get these desserts and we do, we do four. Or f- hey, take it easy, dog. We do like f- we do like four or five. Sound like somebody was bursting in the room. We do like four or five courses, and sometimes we do like a big, you know, like cake or slice of pie or something. And that last dessert just kind of hits you like a truck. So like having just like a bite of ice cream, you know, yes. just like a, a nice, a nice something sweet at the end, yeah. but not something that's like so, so heavy. heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Also, I didn't have Chef Bridget Hernan, peace be upon her, to make my dessert for me this week, so <laughs> we went a little lighter. So, yeah. uh, good job you you guessed you guessed the theme. Yeah. Hell yeah, uh, correctly. Uh, let's talk about these. You're uh, you're a comedian. Yes. Uh, you're also how long have you been doing comedy for? I did my first open mic uh, in October of 2016. Okay, it was the first time I did like an official open mic, but I had a lot of stage time, stage experience before that. Um, playing uh, with a bluegrass band before that. And uh, so like in between, um, 
you know, in, in between songs, some of the uh, instruments had to tune pretty frequently. So there, instead of just having dead space on stage, dead, dead air, we would, you know, tell little street jokes and like little bluegrass oh. jokes and stuff. So like, you know, I became comfortable like talking on stage and like timing and stuff to make the crowd at least mildly entertained. What'd you uh, play for in the bluegrass band? Um, I started out playing guitar and banjo, but we found a full-time banjo player later on. So I just switched to guitar. Uh, <coughs> uh, on that one, did yeah. anyone play the uh, milk jug or the washboard? No, yeah. I, uh, I I know someone who plays uh, the washboard. Um, shout out Reverend Peyton's big damn band, uh, Washboard Breezy's pretty badass. But um, uh, no, we were strictly a four piece string band. Yeah, oh, the cool. Stampede String Band technically is what we were called. Do you guys yeah. ever play down like in Bead Blossom or anything like that? Yeah, we did. Uh, uh, Nashville was like um, almost a second home there for us for a while. Yeah, we would go down to the Bean Blossom. Some uh, bluegrass, uh, bluegrass and blues festival we did like once I think we did the John Hartford um, fall festival once we did the John Hartford festival once I think um, all of those there at the Bill Monroe bluegrass yeah. park um, but we also played a bunch of those little bars in the Big Woods um, uh, in the Quaffon folks down there in, in, oh, in Big Woods we did a lot of shows for them and they're like rallies in the alleys they would do a lot during especially like now. Uh, um, uh, for St. Patrick's Day, they would have a big what they call rally in the alley, and we would do that a lot. It's a lot of fun. I have to ask. So, like in, in the band, like we talk about to comedians, like there's a lot of hecklers and stuff like that that yeah. happen. And like, how do you handle that as a band, or do you have a story of when you just had like a heckler oh, or someone that was too drunk in the audience? There, you had to stop the music and draw attention to them. So, like, here's the thing: is like with a band. If someone in the audience is being too loud um, or louder than they should be, you can kind of bump it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can sort of yeah. all maybe play a little louder or like see being a bluegrass band. We didn't use a lot of um, exterior uh, amps or anything. We would a lot of times just play through the PA, which um, a lot of times uh, was just a microphone that we all had to get close to to be louder. Like we were our own volume control hovering around a single microphone. Mm. And so in order for us to be louder we would need to like really get into the microphone now we eventually um started to like um mic a couple of the instruments so they didn't didn't need to crowd but we still um did that a lot for vocals so the hecklers would actually bring you closer together sometimes yeah for sure absolutely um but there were times where like uh they would just feel like they could come up and like while we're playing a song would try to like request a song uh, during play and it's like why don't you play Freebird man why don't you play some yeah, Freebird exactly. you got and some stairway it's always the guy coming up who's like hey man you know any Jason Aldean <laughs> and it's like no man we don't and it's like <laughs> we don't we don't no that's not yeah, that's not what, what happens here it's like hey man you know any Toby Keith it's like no uh, um, man let me get through my uh cover of uh, uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, please. Um, no, but people a lot of times would come up and be like, hey, man, do you know how to play Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It and it's like, well, that's a movie. That's not a song. <laughs> oh. Second of all, <laughs> uh, the song is called Man of Constant Sorrow. Yeah. And yes, we do know how to play it. We will appease you. Hey, Just hey, chill. hey, he would, <laughs> hey, he would jukebox. I'm drunk. Yeah. Did you play that song that's in my brain? Exactly. Actually, actually, we do know how to play it. Yeah. Guys, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. I am a man. Yeah. No, oh, I, thought we were gonna, I thought we were about to do it together. <laughs> to harmonize. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, we came in on the intro and, uh, 
I, I heard a, a, a really good beatbox, and then it took me a minute to realize that it was actually Kyle doing it. <laughs> hey. And then I was like, I man, were you just beatboxing? You're and, a beatboxer. Yeah. And I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Thad Raps, you beatbox. I think we should come back after the next commercial. Oh. And, and you guys I should. I give it a shot. I've guys, had a whiskey sour and a yeah. beer and a bunch of food. I'll be, yeah, I'll we'll, be great. We'll let you, we'll let you practice on the break. And yeah, we'll see, for we'll sure. See if we can do let that. My whistle will probably be, yeah. Uh, we'll get you another cocktail, too. Mm. Um, so you you run you run a couple of really good uh, shows. You run both mics and uh, ticketed shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were doing that uh, out of uh, Anderson, mm-hmm. yeah, and, for a long time. And yeah, now, and now you've you've moved to to Muncie. Tell us about these shows because uh, I've done both of them and they're they're always a good time. And I want to make sure that you tell people. Yeah, about thanks. Them. I uh, uh, both of you guys. I, I love booking both of you guys. Um, and like. Uh, yes, I, I run a show currently out of uh, Indie Craft Brew Tap Room in Muncie, uh, which is a whole lot of fun. These guys were um, a marketing company first, and they have a great social media following um, uh, at Indie Craft Brew, but they uh, actually decided to sort of shift gears from what everyone was doing and take a... Um, opportunity to go brick and mortar yeah. um, at an opening uh, at a space opening in Muncie. Um, it's really cool. It's right on the river. Um, and um, They've got a awesome little tap room in there. It's also a, it's also a bottle room, so you can come in there and get takeout if you want as well. Yeah, yeah. You can come in there and have a couple beers to see what like is fit, hitting your taste buds, and then you can turn around and buy it unopened from a cooler and walk out. Like it's they, really, it's they really have cool. Like some really good stuff that you can grab in there. Like they got the big boy cans of zombie yep. dust. They have like a wall full like KBS and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, a lot like, of the four fifty north stuff, Pax Verum yeah. stuff. Yeah, and they they feature all Indiana breweries. Um, I mean, I think they do have some other stuff from time to time, but they love featuring local folks, which is really cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I technically can run and will run shows anywhere that you know want me to do that but right now i've got a really cool relationship with those folks and as the weather warms up um i think we're going to look into maybe doing some patio stuff um so yeah looking forward to see seeing where that goes patio stuff sounds like a weird sexual maneuver exactly (laughs) hey i got this wicker chair (laughs) what do you say we make some stains on it as soon as as the weather gets nicer we're gonna do some patio stuff you ready (laughs) light patios Hey, what's your landscaping look like? <laughs> we'll hey, do it. Just excavating down there. Does the patio match the landscaping? <laughs> hey. Oh, you got an umbrella on that table? Or are we just gonna sit and bake all day? So, so what are your uh what do you talk about your two shows and the differences? Well, um the cool thing about the free show that we do um that's once a month, we do that the second Tuesday is called Tickles and Tacos. Ay-oh. They uh yeah, they feature um some really cool tacos like Al Pastor, um they've got carne tacos. They've also got like an American version of a beef and like walking taco, which is really cool, kind of nostalgic. Um but uh they feature these tacos. They have them on the menu all the time, but they do a price reduction on Taco Tuesday. Nice. And um it's a free show to the public. And we always feature a headlining comedian um, to do 15 minutes at the end. Um, but the cool thing about the rest of the lineup is it's not a sign-up mic, meaning that like yeah. Joe Blow from the street can't come in and put his name on a list and get wasted and bark into a mic for five minutes. It's um, you know com- comedians that I know and you know, are working yeah. exactly yes yeah but but they yeah hit me up when they want to get some work in and I want to be able to facilitate that in the meantime bring some business to some cool folks and uh, you know, have a cool night. And it, it really turns out well. Um, the uh, we've, 
Um, in the wintertime, it was odd with some construction right outside the venue. Um, but as that construction wraps up, I think we may even bring this to twice a month. I don't know. Nice. But uh, um, gas prices make it, you know, a little bit more difficult for comedians even to travel that far. So that might be one reason to keep it monthly. I don't know. We'll figure that out later. Are but gas like, prices higher right now? Uh, they're higher than me right now, which is... <laughs> Hard to do. Hey-oh. Hi-oh. And, but, the, and then your uh, <laughs> your showcase show. Yeah, the showcase show uh, features um, a cool lineup of a lot of folks that uh, I, I like to bring in, you know, obviously the biggest names that we can, but I love bringing... So Indianapolis specifically is hilarious. Compared to like other scenes, Indianapolis has a deep pool of good comedians to pull from, and as well as Dayton, Fort Wayne, you know, um, uh, Cincinnati, Louisville, um, all of these places have a great uh, pool of comedians to pull from that, you know, you don't really need to pay metropolitan prices to go see. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, you can pay 10, 10 to $20 a head, go get, you know, have your drink and dinner built into the ticket price and go see a lineup you would see at Helium, you know, um, maybe not with that big, big of a headliner, but you would see a great lineup yeah. of great local comedians that you can know on a personal level and follow. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's downtown entertainment for main street price is kind of what mm -hmm. I'm going for. And, yeah. and it's a whole lot of fun, man. People love them. And that's what I love about you and what you're doing is you're really just trying to take down helium by yourself. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, a lot of people don't stick up to the clubs in that way. And yeah, especially if they would that. like maybe want to work them one day. Right. I don't exactly. know. I want to do that. But like what you're doing, <laughs> you're, you're sticking your middle fingers up to the clubs and yeah. saying, exactly. I can do it better. And I yeah. love that. Yeah, I won't make near as much money, but you know, no, it's 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 a lot of fun, and it's one of those things where like um, it's a, it's an opportunity to give back to comedians because um, I think what makes me unique from other bookers is that you know I'm kind of doing I, I mean not that there are a ton of comedians that book great shows and that's not what I'm saying but like what what I enjoy doing especially but there are a lot of people that book shows in middle markets yeah. that are not comedians. That, you know, can tend to, you know, think of themselves a little bit first. But what I enjoy doing and what I love doing about um, what I love doing um, uh, with other comedian shows in middle markets is when shows are run by comedians, they tend to hopefully this isn't across the board because this is not the case across the board, but they hopefully are willing to look out for the comedians as much as they kind of look out. For themselves, you yeah. know what I mean? And that might be a little bit different um, uh, privilege that I have in approaching that because I do, you know, technically have a full time job. So I'm I'm able to balance a few things. So financially, I don't need shows always to pay out big for me. Sometimes yeah. comedians do. And that's OK. You know, you, you can make that balance work. But, you know, I enjoy paying comedians you know, what I can as much as I can um, and still be able to cover like, you know, at least the costs. Yeah. So, it, we, we, which is a lot of fun. And like, um, like uh, it's, it's just one of those, every show is a dice roll. You have to be prepared to lose money yeah. when you run a show. It's just one of those things. It's a reality of the business, but like, I love doing it with my friends and mm -hmm. for my friends in the community that mm -hmm. they're coming to see the show. And it's like, being able to put on these regular shows in these communities allows me to kind of become friends with the locals right? because they come out and they're like, Oh shit, I didn't know Kyle was doing comedy tonight. Like, you know, we'll stick around. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. that's the sort of shit that happens. A lot of fun. 
Well, so. and I, I've noticed you even had some of your regulars from your uh, Anderson show that are coming over. I, yeah, I tell you the truth, I have no idea how far Anderson is from Muncie. But uh, I mean, it's it's a twenty five minute, it's a half hour drive. Yeah, but some yeah. they're they're coming out. They're making for sure they're making, and, that, and, making that drive. And I want to be able to to make it worth their while, which is why I love you know having comedians come out that want to work and they yeah. want to get better, even if they don't have a great set on a Tuesday night. I know that they're gonna work at a couple other mics that week and they'll come back maybe at the showcase in two months yeah. and they're going to deliver a great yeah, 10 better. to 12 or something like that. And it's like, you know, it's just really cool. The other good thing about, uh, I think comics, especially you, uh, putting these shows together versus just a book or two is like, I, we've all been on shows where we show up and you're like, this seems like the most slapdash lineup I've ever seen. <coughs> like, why is this person on here? Yeah. Why am I on here? Yeah, like, like yeah, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. And then, and then the opposite of that, when you get on and it's, it's everyone seems to at least kind of compliment each other yeah. or you're like, yeah. well, there was, you know, kind of one of this kind of comic, one of this, but like, uh, it all seems a lot more cohesive when there's like a, a comic mind behind yeah, it, putting absolutely. that together. For sure. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back uh, with more Kyle Buck. Yeah. I'm here for it. This, this, all right. I like it. All right. All right. Just whenever. Hey. Walking through doors, don't even got a knock. Standing ten toes down, don't even got a sock. If I'm going too fast, yeah, you better get a clock. I don't like to talk. I'd rather have a TikTok. Yeah. Listen. Throw it at me, be a bot. Uh, don't better be a cop If I see lights Better be a stop mm. Better be a cop Yeah better be a, I don't know why I'm talking about cops <laughs> I got stopped by one just Yeah I can't breathe That was good uh, I like that some of those weren't necessarily English words But they just <laughs> It's very it, Dr. Seuss kind of thing. Yeah. There might have been some Portuguese in there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what was happening, man. Hop on pop, hop on cops. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Hey, run that back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the Heart of Brunch vomiting. podcast. We're talking to Kyle Nuck, if you buck. Uh, did you, have you ever worked in the service industry before? No, I've not. So like I did a, like kind of in a, like it was like service retail that it was like, it was like, it was uh banking basically. So it was a little bit of service. It was like, they were coming in to make orders, but like I wasn't preparing food. I was preparing their money. If that makes sense. Wait, what was this? A pizza bank? No, it was just a regular bank. Oh, but like it was to me as like part service, part retail, because like, you know, I was, was, there was food at the bank. No, 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 no. I've never worked in the food service. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. No, 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 no. I've not. Okay. I've not trusted myself around. I was like, wait, like what are they cooking at this bank? (laughs) (laughs) False dreams. I was, debt. Say, I was like, banks have. I know banks have the worst. I was trying to rank like the 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 sh- the world's shittiest coffees, and bank coffee is always up there. Oh yeah, dude. Bank coffee, uh, mechanic coffee. Yep. Like uh, the oh. Jiffy Lube coffee. That mm-hmm. may be the worst. Jiffy Lube coffee maybe because be the worst. it comes in. It's the prepackaged shit. Anything that's like prepackaged, like the toilet paper dog shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if you Half get fly. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like even if you get a K cup there, it still sucks. Like they <laughs> yeah, get the okay. special K cups that are more <laughs> diluted. 
Because yeah. it really is. It has motor oil in the actual cake. <laughs> well, I know the old, a lot of times they use like the old machines where it's just like scorched coffee that someone made at 5 a.m. and you come in at 3 and you're like, oh, coffee. And then, yeah, <laughs> right. And then I fall for it every time somehow. Yeah. Every time I'm like, oh, they got coffee. Oh. Yeah, there's something about like, okay, like hospital coffee or Ooh, yeah. factory coffee. Like, they always make it super strong, though. Mm-hmm. Like, where your stomach, you start feeling the acid hit you, like, mm-hmm. super early in the morning. But yeah, but it gets you up. You know who has surprisingly good coffee? Funeral funeral home coffee. Actually, surprisingly good. <laughs> funeral home That's coffee. wake the yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so we, good. we use the same sound effect if you're good or bad. <laughs> if it's notable, yeah, just notable statements, just, uh, just notable. <laughs> no, oh uh, man, yeah, I, man, I've definitely become like more of a coffee snob. Like the older I get, man, I am one of those. Like, I'm one of those people who definitely enjoys a good cup of coffee. Like, I love getting surprised at a hotel. That'll sometimes yeah. have like a surprisingly good breakfast blend yeah. or something, um, but even then, you know, you're not like you said, you're not making like three pots for the office at five a.m. and they've been sitting yeah. there all day. So like even then, like the process is still even a little bit more my speed. But like, um, there's a lot of room for me to get snobby about coffee because I enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I'm really trying because I feel like if I even get like. If I get a French press or even like think about making espresso, it's going to become like a hyper fixation because like yeah. I know how my ADHD works. And like that's the same reason I won't get a smoker because uh, I just think I'll want to like you just make it all. Mm, I'll just yeah. want to like buy a pig a week and just like go to town. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds like uh, heaven to me. <laughs> sounds, wonderful. sounds wonderful. Yeah. No, I'm spoiled because I mean, I work as a, a pit master. Sure. Absolutely. So like I. Assistant. Yeah. Yeah. To the pit master. Well, so I have access to a smoker at all times. Absolutely, so yeah, like, for yeah, sure. If I didn't have that, I'd be like, "Oh man, um, I do, I do really want one of those big green eggs." Uh, Thad puts mm-hmm. on uh, a wonderful uh, shows at Chef JJ's, mm-hmm. and they like sell the big green eggs. Hell yeah! And I'm just trying to figure out a way that Harder Brunch can partner with Chef oh, JJ yeah. so we can get so we can get our hands on one. I would yeah. love that. I mean, if if or anybody wants to donate a fifteen hundred dollar grill, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or if fifteen hundred people want to donate a dollar, yeah, we're, we're probably more likely to get that. Yeah, hey, I mean, if you if it's just one of those things, if you happen to be one of those people, we'll let you know. We'll we're, let you know what number of that fifteen hundred you were. Are you originally from Anderson? Um, yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, uh, my mom's from there. My and my um, grandparents are from there. I wasn't born there, but I moved back there from. I was born in Colorado, but moved back there at a young age and was raised there. Yeah. Oh, you went to high school and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Was was just Anderson through the through the <laughs> the important years. Did you do any college or? Yeah, I uh, um, played baseball uh, up into um, like my freshman half of my sophomore year of college. Oh, wow. Um, And, you know, that didn't end up working out the way I wanted it to and and left a little early, which, you know, has uh, served as a benefit, I think. But, yeah, I did a little bit of college there. It was fun. Um, That was how I I (laughs) realized that you shouldn't mix Adderall and alcohol. That was a fun time. Uh, Yeah, what happened? Well, I developed an alter ego. 
Oh. And when, uh, you're, when you're pitching, I, <laughs> no, I wish oh, and that, that'd be that, awesome. that, that actually would have been that actually w- probably would have served to my benefit of some kind. But no, I developed uh, an alter ego because like there's apparently this thing that happens when um, you're not prepared for the Adderall you're prescribed and you learn how to like um, drink unhealthily. Uh, you your brain uh, turns off and your body goes on autopilot. Mm. And um, apparently, I was a blast because I was. Uh, they called me Buck uh, Buck Nasty, and like <laughs> I, I just see a Buck Wild, yeah. but Buck Nasty just is, is as perfect. Yeah, um, some people have called me Buck Wild, but Buck Nasty was what stuck. And yeah, there were definitely by the time I left school, I <laughs> this is going to sound way more Van Wilder than than it was, but I wasn't allowed in any of the frat houses. Like they had all blackballed me, and I only remembered like two of them. And so, like, I was like, "Yeah, I probably need to take a step back." Sounds like a legal case. Um. <laughs> See, that's I think I think that they like probably were like, "Yeah, well, this is gonna be the first step of." Yeah, yeah. You know, you've been affected by Buck Nasty. You might be <laughs> entitled yeah. to compensation. Yeah, like I was, I was, I was known for uh, apparently doing a specific dance to Renegade by uh, Sticks. Okay. Like, yeah. But yeah. It's and there was. Good. Yeah. And there was. Not come back here <laughs> and lead a dance mob. Yeah. And that's always how it went in my brain. I'm like, I was just too much for those guys. Yeah. I couldn't handle Buck Nasty. You know what I mean? But no, that was just the the drugs and the alcohol. So time. you were like the Stefan, though, right? Like, so like when you would do drugs, um, Steve Urkel would become Stefan when he would change <laughs> himself. Uh, and so you were actually cooler on drugs. <laughs> I mean. Like, I think only because the people around me were also pretty fucked up that, that it was bearable. I bet anyone who was sober around me was like, Jesus Christ, this yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Like, I like, again. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> fucking renegade. Like, come on. Uh, it's fourth time tonight. No. Um, like, it was definitely one of those things where, like, yeah, I bet anyone with any sense would have been, like, too much. But because I was around everyone else who was just... You know, fist pumping in the air. Yeah. Like it was very much a an environment to breed that sort of activity. So what? Um, but what positions you? I'm sorry, I didn't know. Uh, you don't have a jock attitude. Yeah. What like you're very like into your conspiracies and you're very <laughs> cerebral. So like finding yeah. out that you were a college athlete just yeah. kind of blew my mind because you don't have that kind of. Attitude. And then it wasn't shot put or like <laughs> <laughs> or something else. No, no, no. no. I uh, um, yeah, I played baseball like most of my life. Um, up until, uh, you know, I was like 19 or 20 and, um, you know, yeah, I was a pitcher, uh, oh, wow. for, for the bulk of that, the latter part, um, whether, whether was the dreams of going pro, I mean, sure. Uh, like I've been up into a point, but like, I just, at one point, like realized like, Oh, I could probably, you know, at least enjoy this through my education and like maybe coach on the back end. But like, you know, with baseball, it's one of those things where, you know, <clears throat> especially as a pitcher, like the field is so thick and there are just so many players like the, you know, when you think the average professional team has like what four or five tiers, yeah. you know, from, from semi pro ball up until, you know, the major leagues mm-hmm. to, you know, think about the amount of players in high school and college versus, you know, the amount that would get to go pro. I never yeah. really took any of that seriously. I didn't throw hard enough or anything like that, but I mean, I enjoyed it as I could. I did get to play in the junior Olympics in high school, which was kind of cool. Oh, and That's like great. got to get destroyed by three or four teams from like Arizona. Like it was really just a lesson and you'll never, be this good. Like, I think we got beat 36 to four right. once, and that's in five innings. That was a mercy rule. Yeah. Game. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like, I think a couple of those players went on to get drafted that same year. So uh, like, so like, you know, and they was, were probably juicing back then. Well, this is back in the day when juicing was very popular. I mean, it Mark was like, McGuire was popular. 
Uh, I mean, this was this was after Bonds got hit, so like you it's know, harder it, to juice. Is it harder to juice in, on the collegiate level? Are you tested in college? Uh, well, he was doing I, Adderall, man. To, to, <laughs> yeah, that basically was juice in college. No, um, like I mean, they were. If there was a, like NCAA did do regular drug testing, but they were also just check checking for like recreational drugs and stuff too. Yeah. But like, if there was a reason to check for ACH, I'm sure they probably could. Um, but like, you know, it would also just be suspicious if like this D three guy just shows up to. To, from you know summer right. break one year and is just like gained twenty pounds of <laughs> right. muscle and like you know there there would be some flags raised I bet but like they don't test for it now in major in ma- that uh, major league baseball has ended their testing for that oh really yeah they they had like a uh, their response to everything that happened like out of the bonds and McGuire and stuff trial mm. was that they were gonna institute required testing for like. 15 years or like 10 years or something like that. And that's ended. Yeah. So like they don't test for it now, but like Mm -hmm. they're like, you better not, even though our game was way more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. See, I want to go the other way. I think they should give everyone steroids. Just have a steroid league and see if we, just that home run derby champs. Like just like an XLB. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's dangerous. Like it's dangerous. I mean, here I'll say this. I was in sports in high school. I was in football and I was in show choir. And, Our show choir had a big juicing problem. <laughs> yeah. Like where we would just go on road rages, uh, roid rages, mm-hmm. you know. You're supposed to be doing lifts with the girls and singing. Throw them on accident. Guys yeah. were just throwing them down. It was getting yeah. bad. Yeah, there's, no, there's no fight scene in Cats. <laughs> well, there was that year. There son was that of a year. bitch. And that was the female lead. You son <laughs> of a bitch. Yeah. It was it was it was it was terrible. But I also I want to I really want to see the game if you have it recorded where you decided, hey, I probably should be a stand up comic. <laughs> I'll tell you like, that. I'll tell you. I know that game and I know that <laughs> moment is my senior year of high school. We were facing our crosstown rivals, Anderson High School, in the Memorial Tournament, which was like the county tournament, and uh, it was like we had to win this game and then the next one, and we won the tournament. Um, but it was an elimination game for them, and we were cross town rivals. And, no, it was an elimination game for both of us, and we were cross town rivals. And it was like on a Friday night, so like a bunch of people were there. And I was, I had started, and we, had, we were in like the third inning. And uh, on my delivery to the to the plate, uh, striding out my lead leg, and my cleat caught the mound, mm. caught the clay, and I just tumbled. You fell, just in front fell of over. I fell over while pitching. Oh. There is. I couldn't butt, like butt before out. that moment. Before that moment, the most terrifying thing I could imagine on a mound was two things: one, like getting the like game winning grand slam hit off of me, like you know, bottom of the ninth or seventh or whatever, right. and also taking a line drive off the face. Ooh, Ooh. this took yeah. the first place. I would have rather had one of those other two <laughs> than this because of the amount of shame. Like I tried to act like my ankle hurt after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried I to play you. it off like I was injured. I like, this is so embarrassing. Yeah. And we were playing at their field. So I was like, the fucking field. Like it's like dog shit field. <laughs> <laughs> but when in actuality. This is a regulation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we yeah. checked this morning. Yeah. <laughs> this is not Mojave Clay. What the fuck? No. Um, hey, check it, Buck Nasty. <laughs> This is regulation size. I need my fucking addies. No, um, <laughs> lay off the Adderall. Please lay off me. No. no, I tumbled, and I remember looking up, 
Oh, it was a roll. Wait, time out. So you didn't just throw fall flat on your face. There no. was more momentum after the. I was on top of a hill. Yeah. Okay, well that's. Fair. I was on top of a small hill okay. in which I w- all of my momentum was supposed to be going <laughs> forward. It was stopped short, and so that brace crumbled underneath me. And yes, I fell over my front leg and just kind of like did a barrel roll. Yeah. It looked like if, if you if you can imagine when Pedro Martinez like took. Don Zimmer by the head and like put him to the ground. Yeah. I don't know any baseball fans would know that reference, but it kind of looked like him just tumbling. And so I remember like I had two options. I either get up and like play this off like, hey, this is funny because I heard everyone laugh. You heard the laughter. Because the okay. ball came out of my hand too. I threw it in their dugout. Oh, it hit the dugout too. Yeah, like wow. the ball came out of my hand, it bounced it into their dugout. <laughs> and it was a, a whole, like <laughs> had someone caught this on film, it would have gone viral. So like, you're like, I should be a stand-up comedian. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, at this point, that laugh feels better than what I have inside. Oh, so man. that's. The announcer's just like, look at that fake limp over there. He's, <laughs> he's definitely faking it. Exactly. So, yeah, my coach comes out because with the trainer, because he, he was like, he's like, I brought the trainer, so you have the out. Do you want to come out of this game? I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to, like, I got up and, like, hobbled around for a second and acted like I walked it off. And they, like, cheered for me. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to. Act like I didn't just stumble because the batter could barely like keep it together enough to hit. He was laughing so fucking hard. He like still had to get in the in the box, and I had to figure out how to like (laughs) compose myself and deliver the next. It was fucking wild. Favorite baseball movie? Oh my god! Favorite baseball movie? Uh, Are we all going to go around? Sure. So that Tyler, I want to hear yours too. Oh, Tyler does not have one. Try to shoot us to the intern and denied. Um. I think I might need to be last on this one because okay. I've got a, I've, I'm right. sifting through a lot here. Well, I was gonna say like your even your pitch was like kind of like a like a demons in the outfield type situation. Yes, yes. Right? it was like yeah, it was like the angels in the outfield were like yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah, exactly. It was like I got bowled over by fucking Christopher Lloyd. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it was like because you never you never realize like well the other team I was playing against the angels right yeah like like. Do they lose their faith in God? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the sequel we never saw. Those the, angels are like, hey, did you see? Like, yeah. They're looking at footage like, those were angels, right? Crossover film, Dan Brown's Angels and Demons in the Outfield. <laughs> I was going to say the sequel would be Atheists in the Outfield. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, just it was win. 15 years ago today. I don't know. The guy, the shortstop, he just flew into the air and caught it <laughs> yeah. 10 feet. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey was fucking wildly athletic. <laughs> All of them got like divorces. Like I, I thought you could hit, honey. He flew ten feet in the air. It was, was going to be a home run. Like I'm leaving you. <laughs> Get in the car, kids. Real champions. We'll hit go those. to the moms. Yeah. <laughs> Real champions hit those home runs. No, man. I think my favorite all time baseball movie is gonna have to be because I I have to finish it every time I'm like scrolling through and it's on. Um, first of all, anything with Kevin Costner, I love. Yeah. Um, but I gotta say, Waterworld. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no, the Postman. No, um, <laughs> Bull Durham is probably Bull my favorite uh, favorite baseball movie, just because it like it, it doesn't glorify the sport. Like yeah. it it shows like very much the the like the dirty side of the minors yeah. that like you know we all kind of heard about. You know what I mean? Like the idea of having dirty shower shoes as opposed to having clean ones in the show. You know, you're hitting dirty balls like yeah. in the batting cage versus mm-hmm. like pearls in the show, and like your coach is coming in and throwing all the equipment while everyone's taking a shower, as opposed to like 
getting tre- you know and, and it just showed that it just and, and a lot of the just cheeky jokes because it was a lot of it was written by i think some of the same people who wrote caddyshack i believe okay. i could be wrong but um you used to give it a concert really and funny. i immediately thought field of dreams yeah that, that, that's the the common one I and mean, that's definitely in my top five but uh and you know perfect game uh i mean for love of the game um are also great baseball movies but um but yeah, Bull Durham I think has to be my favorite. But Feel the Dreams is right in my top five. That's awesome. What you said? Yep. I know you had you had an answer right away. Oh, uh, mine's definitely Hook. <laughs> um, there's run, a scene, run home Jack. Run home yeah. Jack. The scene where he, uh, they were they held the sign the wrong way, and he's like, yeah. "Oh my gosh! Like, should I really be running away with these pirates, or should I start caring about my dad who's <laughs> going through his own midlife crisis?" Yeah. So that baseball scene just sums up. That's I think funny. What, I yeah. never really considered that. I never thought about that being a baseball movie. Well, I, I, I thought don't. it was more of a Peter Pan movie, but it did it did have baseball in it. So yeah, I guess it, it is baseball. Okay, so then I'm going to change my answer to Twilight. <laughs> <Yeah. 'Cause> I, <laughs> Zach. Yeah, no, mine was Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would know a movie where maybe someone said the word baseball. <laughs> it's like, mine's something about Mary. <laughs> I won't oh, repeat the so line good. because we don't do that anymore, but yeah. go rent it. <laughs> go out there and rent it. Oh, no, mine, so I, I think. I think like nostalgia is like a little kid. I'd say rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. but I would say like actual like quality film, uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, good is, movie, yeah. great film. Uh, also, Hardball, great film. Yeah. Uh, it was also like a kids' baseball movie because like it f- starred a lot of kids. But like even to this day, when I watch it, I'm like fucking G baby mm. man. Yeah, right in the heart. You know, I mean, my heart. Like not. I mean, he is, but like never mind. Honestly, the one that gets me the most <laughs> emotional is Moneyball. Yes, that's a good film. I, Fucking good movie. I will cry. I'll tear up at the end every time. Like when his daughter's talking to his dad, and he's like, yeah. "Hey, you, you did it though." And he's just like, like crying because he he didn't make it, but like he he changed the whole sport forever. Yeah, like, absolutely. Is- Do we have a uh, off mic off mic intern, Tyler? Tyler, did you have a movie? So my joke one was going to be uh, Space Jam. Because uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan, but <laughs> the, uh, oh, that's right. I was also going to say Moneyball, actually. So, oh, you were going to say Moneyball? Yeah, yeah, I forgot that was about baseball for some odd reason. I thought, oh, that's a football movie, and I just don't know sports. So, yeah, it worked out. Nice. All right. Man, I am glad we talked to the intern. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did... Uh, we did actually, I, I asked you to bring... Okay. So let's cue it up with the sound. We got we have a new segment that we're gonna do here with Kyle called uh, "The Truth Is Out There," in which oh I'm sorry this wrong segment. This is not for you. This is his segment. <laughs> nope, it's a, it's a crack team. Sorry. Uh, this is a, Kyle Buck. Uh, actually brought three lesser known. Ooh, I definitely theories. brought two. two. Did you say three? Uh, I'm so two, sorry. Two I may have misread the. Uh, so the first one was one that we kind of talked about earlier. You could have just made the third one up. I wouldn't know any better. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, so then maybe I will. Okay, fine. I definitely brought three prepared for three. No. Um, so the first one that I want to talk about was uh, the. Um, I think giants existed. 
I think uh, the 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 idea of the don't nep- they still exist Nephilim. Well, so there are technically giant people like that have giantism. Have you ever seen Rick sure. Smiths? Yeah, right, <laughs> have you ever seen exactly. Him in, That's a great point in a pediatric office. <laughs> <laughs> If you've ever seen him at Peyton Manning Children's <laughs> Hospital, it's not made big enough. No, um, but like so, that's a that's a great example because we still have people on Earth that do like you know the um, the average the height of the average human is going back up exponentially probably since we've been putting you know hormones in food. But like there was a point where the av- size of the average human was um, you know steadily decreasing. But at one point, if you look at every other uh, major predator on the planet they have had a giant version of themselves that existed on this planet at one point. And they've actually found bones um, like human skulls that are just far larger than like what an average skull is like now femurs that are extremely long and like, uh, yeah, there are people on this planet right now that are between seven and eight foot tall, like far more than there probably have been in like yeah. our recorded history, but they're finding bones and they're finding structures that like, you know, were meant to house like beings of this size. And so it just, how big are we know, talking here? Uh, nine to 11 feet average wow like yeah just like um they obviously didn't live very long because it it is hard to exist that size as a human for like for for very long but like it's like uh, a great dane you know okay yeah kind of like yeah like like a great dan you're like a great dan (laughs) yeah exactly hit it (laughs) yeah exactly uh yeah exactly um but yeah i'm pretty sure that like that there was at one time, um, and also uh, it, along those lines, like the idea of megafauna. A lot of what we think um, are like giant flat top, like mountain base, like basins, very uh, more than likely are petrified version giant trunks of trees of just massive trees that existed that have fallen and since like eroded because they were dead, but the trunk is still there. And yeah. what we think it's a mountain because it's just petrified over time, but it's actually just a giant tree trunk so i like i like i like the reasoning of most mammals or is it most mammals or most well just most predators predators. so like if you like because it's not just mammals so like megalodon like you know was a massive version of the shark there are massive versions of like tigers like in the saber tooth you know the mammoths the massive you know versus the elephant now like um there was just something that happened to the massive versions of these now existing predators that were far larger and they're starting to discover humanoid remains that were that just indicate a far larger um, body size than what we thought was average at that time based on other remains that were found so i mean i can't cite you a specific resource but like graham hancock has a bunch of stuff on that um greg uh greg carlson i think that's his name uh graham carlson no uh never mind uh uh graham hancock though would be a great way to what, do you, what do you think these people are called? Homo thicamus? <laughs> well, I think they're, they're referred to more as the Nephilim. The, uh, so like kind of like, you know, the, um, almost like, uh, kind of what Goliath was represented as uh, in the Bible. Like, okay. uh, um, that, you know, we were kind of talking beforehand that like, there are a lot of reasons why they maybe wouldn't be around anymore. And after like the great flood, um, uh, that there was a great point made about, um, you know, civilizations would expand and enter like, um, you know, breed and they would uh, cohabitate and they would just, you know, um, would eventually uh, create, you know, different um, breeds of people. And they would, you know, uh, eventually sort of like meet, find a median size yeah. to, to sort of even out. But also those smaller uh, size 
um, folks would develop better technology that would lose the genetic benefit previously or the evolutionary benefit of just being larger. Okay. So that um, so there could have been you know two reasons why those sorts of uh, you know sized folks uh, are are no longer around as as readily. Okay, I got one, I got one for you. Yes. I wanted to bounce off. Please of you. do. Uh, so I was I came across it. I came across a thing and it it seemed like in a very uh, negative conspiratorial way. Uh, but then I did a little bit of research on it. I wanted to see if you knew anything about it. The um, the the uh, abandoned Disney Island. Have you have you heard anything about this? So I'm what I know about this is is I'm pretty sure it was like the CIA partnered with Disney to like build a like like fake town, almost like a almost like a uh, trial town of some kind, and they were going to I don't know if they were uh, re- like recruiting families to come in. Or like they were trying to get normal people to come in, but like uh, I'm pretty sure that, that that was like the initial idea of like ways to try and implement changes they wanted to implement to the masses, okay, at, on a smaller scale, as almost like a trial, like people to live phase. there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's my it's very sort of basic knowledge of that, but I'm pretty sure it was a CIA <laughs> Disney collaboration. Um, <laughs> nothing nothing fishy about that. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you have something to say about that, Tyler? Oh, yeah, I, I've actually read a lot about it. Okay, Tyler, jump yeah, so on it. You, you were we basically have. spot on with like the collaboration yeah. and everything, and they were trying to make it like a utopian city. Like, oh, if we filter everybody in by our exact standards, oh, yeah, then see, we're going to get rid of crime and we're going to do this. Mm. But they completely botched the infrastructure, and like houses were falling apart. And the whole thing ended when this one guy went crazy and murdered like two families. And then oh, they shit. were like, Oh yeah, no, this definitely never existed ever. Like we were, yeah. what are you, are you guys crazy? No, this never happened. Yeah, that we'll see. That's the same sort of shit that like, have you guys seen the documentary? Um, three perfect strangers or three identical strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that same sort of idea of like, we're going to start these long term sorts of studies. Hopefully they don't go wrong. And like, you how many I mean? are, the, are going on right now that we don't know about? Oh, for sure. Well, that uh, the fact that that I, uh, documentary exists tells me that there, I feel like I more than likely probably have a twin somewhere that like, I don't know about, you know what I mean? Like who, how many people have that? You know what I mean? It's right. wild. Maybe you don't have a doppelganger. You were just separated at birth because the government wanted to track your yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Wild. What, what was your your last one? Uh, I superfluid space theory. Okay. Um, now I've seen this on Star Trek a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I'm not very familiar with that, but I I it might be uh, similar. But this is the idea, just essentially that space is not um, real. No, I'm just kidding. No. That, <laughs> uh, that space is not just like vacant air. Okay. That it's actually a near zero viscosity fluid that um, allows all the different types of waves to still travel through it. Um, and meanwhile, and the same way things are almost like seemingly floating in it, as well as um, it explains why um, there's a very minute amount of resistance with things flying through space while they seem to travel just um, infinitely. They do slow down very, very, very minutely, like to the point of almost where we can't like they go far enough that we can't study them anymore. But like we do know that they've slowed down a little bit. And so that would show that it's like not quite zero viscosity, but it's a little bit of resistance. Um, and almost like, uh, it would explain how black holes would almost act as, um, massive whirlpools just, Mm. just, uh, through, um, 
super fluid space. Yeah. Um, and the way we can't breathe in it and, and like the, uh, uh, the air that we breathe is almost like a firmament blocking that fluid, um, from like, you know, now are they saying that all space is made out of this or just only like certain parts are made out of it? Well, just like, like we're not saying, you're not saying that like right outside our atmosphere is fluidic space. You're saying that just somewhere it exists. Well, I well, So the, the theory that uh, my good buddy Matt uh, developed in, in and brought to us was uh, he, he was basically saying that, that all space is this sort of zero viscosity fluid that feels like, you know, air because it's almost zero viscosity but like you know it's uh but because of its composition uh, he did a way better job of explaining it um not to just plug my podcast but he did an amazing breakdown of it sure um and he has a blog called historypoliticstheory.wordpress.org wordpress.com actually and he does a really cool breakdown with a full like uh, i think he has a powerpoint presentation that like okay you know shows you specifically what he's talking about so like that'd be a greater resource it's been a while since we've talked about it but essentially yeah that just that Vacant space is not just vacant space. Right. It's not air. It's a uh, sky jizz. Yeah, exactly. Sky, sky daddy just. <laughs> go uh, ahead and drop a beat for me there, Zach. There we go. Uh, Kyle Buck, thank you so much for being on the program today. Dude, I'm so happy to be here. Where can people find you and follow you, keep up with you on social media and everything you're doing? Well, I got a lot. I, I, I do a lot of stuff. So you can follow me personally at Uncle Buck's house. Um, I post. I try to keep it fun and funny, um, but you can also follow the podcast and uh, everything else at UBH Presents. Um, I do trivia. I do uh, comedy, obviously, and uh, live music here and there. And the so, podcast? The uh, podcast is Uncle Buck's House Podcast. Yeah, and some beatboxing now. Apparently, I'm a quadruple threat at this point. I start dancing. Look out, Beyonce. <laughs> Daddy's Jake. Here comes Sticks. Uh, oh, mama. No, sorry. Is that the one that you would dance to? Uh, yeah, Renegade. Oh, that was the shit, man. When that beat dropped, I was another person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys can find me at Fab McKee on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Zach Rowe. You can find me at Real Zach Rowe on Twitter. That's it. Uh, intern Tyler, I feel like you deserve to plug. You, you contributed. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can find me on all social media uh, at Tyler Waltz Comedy. Uh, I'm at Dyke Michaels. Uh, and also, uh, Kyle's going to stick around and be on the Patreon episode. If you go to patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch, only $3 to sign up. And uh, you're going to get weekly bonus content. Um, you're going to hear more from intern Tyler. It's going to be hot stuff. Uh, we're going to get into some more conspiracies. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, other than that, we'll see you next time. Bye 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 b